Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode, and it's a brand new decade! That's right, it's the uh, 1st of January 2020, if my calendar is correct. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to yet another year of podcasts about films that you probably should have seen by now. It's January, which means that we are going to do what we normally do every January, and it's Australia Month, where we look at some of the best films produced from the country in which we reside. And we're going to kick off 2020 with a dirty crime film. Ooh, that's right, it's 20 years old, and it is... Chopper, the film that launched Eric Banner's career, arguably. Joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's probably by now Dr. Ellen Sears. Hi, Stephen. It's not quite been confirmed yet, has it? No, no. Um, well, by the time this will have gone on, I'll have hopefully have gotten my... No, I'm, I'm going to be positive. I'll have gotten my amendments in. It will all be good and I should get my conferral at some point if not already, in the near distant future, and then I should be graduating in February. Excellent. And then, I, and then you can refer to me as Dr. Sears. Hooray. We can do it properly. Yes. Um, that'll so, be the next episode that I'm on, hopefully. All whatever right. Whatever that may be. Well, fingers crossed. Chopper. Yeah. What do you know about this film? Uh, I know that a friend of mine used to use a monologue from it for <laughs> auditions. Um, and like you said, I know that Eric Banner is the main dude in it. I am getting the gist that it's like an Australian crime drama type thing set in Australia, probably realistically in Sydney or Melbourne because nobody cares about crime drama in Perth. Mm. Um, and I'm expecting lots of blood and gore and violence and stuff and possibly a bit of comedy stuff chucked in there. But I really don't know. I have no concept of this film. Um, what do you know? Other than that, what do you know of Chopper himself, the the central figure, who he is a, a well was a real person. Yeah, yeah, no, I know he's a real person. Um, again, very little background. I gather he was doing like gang stuff, probably. I mean, based on the fact that the film came out like twenty years ago, so that would have been like two thousand. I would say he would have been doing stuff, I guess, in like the decades preceding that. So, like, I don't know, the eighties or. 90s what? that's just a guess i actually don't know anything about the actual history of him and what he did i just know that he was like gang stuff that's about that's about the extent of it all right well joining us as someone who has seen the film and uh, maybe knows a little bit more about the activities of mr chopper hope so uh, it is because <laughs> i know nothing murray jackson <laughs> hello Stephen. how are you murray i'm fantastic Stephen. always uh, always up for a good aussie film yes and uh, a brand new decade uh, stretches out before you there's a, there's a whole 10 years uh, ready to go with the 20s. Excellent. Very yes, exciting. my increasing de- in- decrepitude uh, in- <laughs> you know, keeps coming at me. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, well, let's try and stave that off for a day at least. Indeed. Uh, Chopper. Chopper. Yes, Mark Chopper-Reed. Yeah. Mm. Interesting dude. So this is sort of like the 
underbelly before underbelly, mm. uh, as it were. Yes, for those listening outside of Australia, Underbelly was a crime TV series that was very popular here in Australia that was uh, dramatizations of real gangland events, usually in Melbourne. Um, uh, yes, that was set in Melbourne. And um, yeah, uh, I think from memory a lot of this is too, if not all of this. Um, so it's um, mainly... Um, well, it certainly starts in 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 the uh, the seventies, mm. um, is when he sort of rose to fame, um, and he's he's brilliantly played by Eric Banner. Uh, I'll take you to task um, on something there, Stephen. Mm. I think Eric probably made his name off the back of the castle. Which oh, of was, course. Yeah, which was which was made prior to this. It was, which yes. you've done on this podcast, uh, yes. so you should f- know that. <laughs> well, I forgot that Eric Banner was in that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was a good, very, very good cast. So yeah. I can't blame you. for Although that, that said, yeah. Eric Banner wasn't the lead in that. He had no, quite that's a right. small role. That's this right. this was the first thing, at least, that I can recall when it comes this, to this my personal Banner. This, this took him to Hollywood, I think. This film. Yeah. yeah. So people saw this, went, ah, hmm, good leading man to have. Hmm. Um. And yeah, of course, he went on and made the Hulk and um, a lot of other stuff. Uh, I quite like the Hulk. Actually, did, did he just get the role in the Hulk because his surname was Banner? Did I have no <laughs> idea. That's, that's, I hadn't thought of that. That's actually uh, something worth pursuing. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he was an interesting dude. I think any guy who has a life of crime and essentially retires after doing his time in jail. And um, goes on to write children's books by the name of Hooky the Cripple has to be an interesting dude. <laughs> mm. Um, mm. Yeah, and w- we we probably will touch on um, Chopper himself, Mark Mark Reed, as you say. Um, but but is he still knocking boots? No, he, no, no. he, he, he passed, passed away, passed away mm. six years ago. Yeah, seven, I was say, 2013. Yeah, he passed right away. About that. I was going to say yeah, reasonably recently. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a few years since he passed away, but yeah. I suppose it's an interesting one, both in terms of as a character and as a film to look at, given obviously Australia's uh, history with with convicts and <laughs> yeah. our well, uh, Australia has a fascination with almost deifying yeah. um, violent criminals, you know, yeah, Ned Kelly, Chopper Reed, yeah. um, and the sensationalism or the, the certainly the um, reception that um, the Underbelly TV series got mm. yeah. uh, at the time. There seems to be, um, I wouldn't say worshipping of of uh, that criminal type, but um, there's, there's, certainly a big fascination with them. I feel like there's still TV shows on at the moment that are in the same sort of mould, whether they're based on true stories or not. I don't know. There's that one that David Wenham's in at the moment. Mm. Is that based on real stuff? I can't remember. I I don't I, really watch TV. So. I, I don't believe it is, but you are right. And I think it is partly because Australia's got a relatively unique history when you, when you look at it compared to other countries. Yeah, where they so just much put a of bunch the, of felons on an island and went, let's see what happens. Yeah, um, and certainly, you know, most, most of the countries when they were um, colonised, it was colonised with like a great hope that we would be turning this place into a new utopia. And with Australia, it was like, where can we put these bad dudes? It's essentially the suicide squad of countries, you know, <laughs> Just throw them all together and see what happens. Well, and I take issue with something that uh, Ellen said too. You know mm. that that, that uh, WA is interesting in terms of its crime. Ellen, oh, you, not, you not, should not not in terms of film you, you stuff. Should, that I've you seen, should you should check out Sharknet. It, uh, okay. The Sharknet. It's it's a very very good TV series about. Um, oh God, I've forgotten his name. So that's embarrassing. But um, a very bad dude in the fifties. 
so yeah, we've got our that's we've got our own crime history that's here. That's some boxes for me. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the period. Ring the bell for WA. We're 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 there too. Yeah, we, we commit crimes. We, we can do crimes. We're just as awful as everyone else. We have vicious killers. Damn it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, there's Claremont serial killers, the big one again at the moment. Yeah, and the Bernies. And Don't forget the Bernies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we should forget the Bernies. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, in terms, I mean. Chopper Reed's interesting because he was a very charismatic um, villain. Mm. I think it's interesting how... Obviously, this film is part of it, uh, and we will start shortly, dear listener. Um, But (laughs) part, part of what I think is interesting is Chopper, when I moved to this country... It was 2003, so it's yeah. post this film, and it's it's when he is entering his, I suppose, retirement period of his life. Um, but Chopper, I was first introduced to as a comedy character because you had the stand-up who basically did a Chopper oh, Reed yeah, impersonation. His whole act was yes, Chopper Reed him. doing stand-up, um, and that was my introduction. It was like, oh, this is based on a real dude. What? <laughs> oh, okay, great. So. I yeah, it, it's a fa- he's a fascinating person, and uh, I think let's let's get cracking. Should we should we start and watch Ch- uh, Chopper? Sure. Indeed. Is, oh. Isn't that just such an Australian thing, though? We have this like, you know, crime dude who was a really bad dude who did bad things. I'm gonna make a living out of like impersonating him and what he would be like if he was a stand-up comedian. That's yeah. very. That's very Australian. Yeah, you, yeah, isn't you it? wouldn't see um, a tight thirty from a Jeffrey Dahmer impersonator. No, oh That's my just god, not going to happen over there. Uh, all right, for those of you listening at home, uh, pop in your DVDs and uh, watch out for your ears as we prepare to watch Chopper. And welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Chopper. By we, I of course mean Murray Jackson. Don't be such a sook, Stephen. And Ellen Sears. Hello. <laughs> so, Ellen. Yeah. That was your first time watching Chopper. Yeah. What do you think? Um, yeah, it's about what I expected, more or less. So, a bit of crime, bit, bit of blood. Bit of crime, bit of blood, a little bit. I can hear it in her voice. Lesser. She loved it, Stephen. Loved it. <laughs> It certainly sounds like. It. I mean, did it's, you did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was all right. It's it's not necessarily the kind of thing that I would normally be chomping at the bit, bit being like, I want to watch this. Oh my god! Um, and like when it popped up, um, the opening bit, and it was like rated R. I was like, ah, oh, that would be why I've never watched this. And also because when it came out, I was like a child. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. You'd, no, you'd watch the musical version. I know you would. I mean, I would probably write the musical version. Mm. Let's it's be real. It's far too early to be throwing in musical versions into this podcast because now <laughs> all I'm going to be thinking about is different musical versions of Chopper. <laughs> of Chopper. Yeah. I mean, for, for, for me, because this is my first time watching it as well, um, I was absolutely loving it pretty much the whole way through. Mm. And it, it's one of the nice things about um, getting to look at Australian films. One of the nice things that we, you know, we get to do, even if it is just for one month of the year, is look at some of these different films. Now I know that maybe these films, uh, you even said, Murray, these films are a bit, um, a bit too cream of the crop for your personal tastes. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 I'm not sure if Chopper's necessarily in that league, oh, um, but okay. um, it's a bit, it's, it's a bit more well known and highbrow compared to some of the other output we have in this country. It, it, look, it's a film that's. Very unafraid to be Australian. Yeah, and I think that's what's, what's one thing I really enjoy about about 
most of these Australian films is that there is something just remarkably unique and almost indescribable and untangible about what makes something seem very Australian. But The Castle had it. This film has it. It could just be Eric Banner. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's all down to Eric Banner. Yeah, but, but there is something about that portrayal, that character of Chopper, where you watch it and you go, not that we know people who are hardened criminals, but I know people who have acted like Chopper all the way. I know that... people who talk like that. Like, yeah. We, we, we've all got a mate who talks like that. Or just even like, what are you, what? other people in the prison, like Jimmy yeah. or Keith, uh, you know, the, 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 yeah. the language they were using, the way they were conducting themselves. Mm. Um, it's it, all very, it was all very matter of fact, wasn't it? it there was no yeah. histrionics. There's, there's no Americanisms where it's like, I'm going to kill you, sucker. Mm. It's nothing along those lines. It's like, mm. yeah. It's Look, I'm, 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 I'm really disappointed in you, mate. I'm and, gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab you. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna shoot you in the it's face. It's come to like, this. Yeah. This is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the most casual stabbing I've seen um, in a film. That or, scene was amazing. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ! And I'm just watching him being like. Was this dude like an automation or what? Like he got stabbed how many times and he's just standing there like, mm-hmm. mate, this is very upsetting. Well, I think this is also an <laughs> interesting... It was actually, it was more, Jesus. it's inconvenient. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, not you... the right time of day to be why'd doing you, this. Come why'd on. Why'd you go and do this? This was just a, like... Yeah, don't stab someone at the start of the day. You'll like, ruin the oh. whole day. Like that kind of thing. Oh, mate, I'm so upset, hey. Yeah, I think, to be I'm honest so though... It's one of those things where I, I, I thought it was a brilliant scene. I thought a lot of the scenes in this were really, really just excellent. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's also a really good example of a film that is that has an unreliable narrator. Oh, because, big time. Because yeah, this yeah. is from Chopper's experience. It is from his writings. It says that this film is based on the books written by Mark Chopper Reed yeah. at the start of the film. Mm. And... It's and so it's so important to keep that in mind because I think it makes it an even more enjoyable viewing. And there's a couple of things that they did as well. Like when he was doing lines with um, the bot at Neville's house and mm. then they had slightly sped the film up so it had that slightly jerky mm. quality to it. I thought that was really cool. And I also really um, enjoyed how they had the little sing-song bit when they replayed the murder of the Turk. The poem. The poem, yeah. yeah I Almost loved that. That was great because it was very theatrical and I was mm. like, yes. It, you know what? It would work as a stage show. It mm. would mm. be friggin' horrifying, but it would work. <laughs> I think the thing about this film is that it, to a very great degree, stands or falls on the on the on the central performance by Eric Banner. Yeah, if, if, which if you didn't have him in that role, yeah. this film could have been very disjointed. It could have been quite jarring to watch but he's so engaging yeah, in, in he the really, role he of really Chopper. carries it yeah and whether or not it's an accurate summation of of the guy and and what he was like i mean that that that, that could be up for dispute but he just plays it so nonchalantly and so naturally you're carried along by that mm. and you forgive all other sins that there may be in the in the film itself and in, in the way it's made mm. in the way it's structured um i mean there was some horrible there's some horrible framing in there you know there's one scene where he sit you know he walks in his, with his dad goes to the fridge and you can't even see his head yeah. it's horrible framing and you think mm. my god that's an awful piece of filmmaking but it doesn't matter because 
this film is just swept along on the back of his performance. Yeah. And there was a few things I agree because there was a few bits, like I was talking about the bits that I really love, but there were a lot of bits where I was just like, this is very unremarkable the way it was shot. Mm. And even that first bit where they had all the time-lapse footage of the prison and the stuff shifting, I'm like, these are interesting like shot ideas, but I don't mm. think they've been executed very well. And I mean, part of that might be the fact that, you know, the film is 20 years old. It was shot in Australia, probably on not super great tech. Mm. And we were watching it on a massive screen. Um, I think if it was like a, a cleaned up version, it would be maybe a little bit better. But I feel like part of that is also just down to... Because this would have still been done on film, wouldn't it? 2000? Oh, yeah, yeah no, it, it was. Yeah, yeah. Like it was late definitely 90s. film. Yeah. Oh, another film bit that I also um, went oh my God, was the bit where he was in the bar and he was imagining like everybody was staring. Was it in the bar or was it in the prison? And I was like, oh my God, it's like the bit from Lord of the Rings where Frodo's in the bar in Bree yeah, with the it, ring. It's, and I was it's like, in the prison. yeah, it was in the prison. Yeah. And I went, oh my God, I'm getting mad. Like Frodo in Bree, like holding the ring in his hand vibes, like the weird like noise in the yeah. background. I went, and that was a similar sort of time frame in it was, terms of yeah, filming. I, so I was like, hmm, intriguing. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I I agree. I think this film, in a lot of senses, it's it's almost like a Persian rug. Those imperfections are there to show it was made by humans, because it, it, that that particular framing uh, of that shot that you were discussing, it isn't great framing, but it's a one scene shot, and it almost makes me feel as though the framing and the usual film craft is not necessarily essential because this is a story about someone who is rough as guts and the presentation of the world that they're in. Nothing looks beautiful. Nothing looks pretty. No, no even, and, even, even Neville Bartos's supposed palatial yeah. um, house looked I mean, um, just a bit crap, didn't it? It, it did. It, and we only it's saw it at Australia, night. Like. <laughs> yeah, we, we only saw it at night. We saw a lot of insects crawling around in different shots and things like that. Mm. And whilst it could just be that that was shot with with um, Chopper and his dad was just a bad shot and they were like, oh, well, we have to use it because we cocked up the framing. Um, I kind of feel like this is a film which works with imperfections really well. Mm. And you are right, that central performance from Eric Banner, it's it's pretty phenomenal. It is it is a fantastic bit of acting. Yeah, it's, it is really good. Yeah. The, I was going to say, the other thing about the shots was there was a lot of really interesting bits where they had very long... Um, sustained shots with no big cuts. Um, but like the scene where he was talking to his mate in the house um, towards the end. What's his name? Bloody, I can't remember anybody's names. They must have said him about a million times. There, um, He goes to see his mate. He's got the pregnant wife. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. Loughlin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, go, he goes to see Jimmy Loughlin and um, there's that, the camera is sort of on one of them and then it slowly turns around to the other one mm. and then it comes back. I don't think it comes back and then it jumps to a close-up of Eric Banner's face. Hmm. So, yeah, there was some interesting stuff happening there. Yeah. Lots of really long, sustained shots. must have been a hell of a thing to I think the great thing here is that um, in any of the interactions that Chopper has in this film, you never know... What he's going to when do. He, yeah, what he's going to do. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Is he going to stab this person? Is he going to... He has that way of being completely disarming and charming and and turning on a, on a complete dime mm. because of his insecurity and his paranoia and that makes him engaging to watch for a start 
Yeah, because you're like, what's he going to do next? You know what you've just made me think of, though, talking about that and the fact that you're like, I'm not sure what he's going to do next. It reminds me a tiny little bit of Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm. That kind of level of like, like the bit where he slams the guy's head onto the pencil and I was like, holy crap, watching it. That's mm. kind of what I felt like, but I was in like a constant state of that throughout this film. Like, yeah. Jesus, I don't know what he's mm. going to do. But this is an ordinary guy. This is yeah, a guy who's, is, yeah. who's saying to people, no, 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 don't worry about it, mate. You're my friend. You know, you got nothing to worry about from me. And then, you know, they're, next thing you know, they're in a pool of blood. Um, mm. So that's, that's interesting to watch because you can never second guess what that character is going to do. And I think that's established really beautifully in the prison within the first like 10 minutes where he shivs the hell out of that guy and you're just like, Jesus, all and right. And then offers him the cigarette. And then mm. offers him a cigarette. Yeah. It's like, you're all right, Keith. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Okay, that's what this film's going to be. All right. Yeah, and it's fascinating as well because it, it's partly that this is an unreliable narrator who mm. has clearly had, you know, the approval of, yeah, make my, make this film about me. But then within the context of the film itself, we see that this is a character who who tells different lies to different people yeah. but is not entirely sure of what is true himself yeah. like and we see that his, his paranoia again and again yeah. coming coming through in the film and he's making very odd decisions or odd decisions from the outside based upon that paranoia ah, but the question is would he feed those lies if he wasn't getting the audience mm. see he, the, oh, the, yeah. the reason that he he beefs these things up and and embellishes these things is because he's got he knows he's got a waiting audience out there who are going to um you know, to a certain extent follow that star appeal that that he's giving off mm. and once again i suppose we come back to this idea that australia has this fascination with you know the the rogue yeah mm. and i i mean i you can't call chopper reed a rogue the man was, you know, he's a nasty piece of work. Mm. But in popular culture, he's a lovable rogue. I could have a beer with him. I could have a beer with him. Yeah. He'd probably stab me afterwards. But, you know, he's, exactly. a, he's a lovable larrikin, mm. you know. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I suppose it, it it becomes very hard to then look at it and, and separate the real Chopper Reed from, from the character. I mean, even the fact that, we refer to him as Chopper and not Mark Reed. Um, yeah, is is interesting, and the fact that I think the really telling thing is the prison guards at the end of the film have bought into it as well. You know, they're really like, "Oh, have you got enough ciggies? Like, I'm gonna have to shut this door now, Chop." That kind of stuff. Mm. It's the cult of personality. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really, just really fascinating seeing that play out, um, and how they, how how his his life has been turned how he's turned the world around to focus on him mm. um and how he's used his situation to his advantage and mm. you know in, in that interview at the end where he's saying you know all them bloody academics probably bloody hate me because i've written a bestseller and i can't even bloody spell you know yeah. that kind of thing mm. um it, it's it's fascinating how he's a good old aussie battler that boy yeah oh yeah how he's achieved this but the last shot is of him staring blankly at a prison wall. Yeah. And I I found that last shot really interesting. Mm-mm. 
um, how because at virtually no point in this film do we see him with a negative reflection on himself. He's very much living in the moment. He's he's not doing a huge amount of reflecting. But that final shot where he's alone in the cell, the interview was a bit shorter than he was expecting. Um, And he's got no one, really. Mm. The only person that's really going to be waiting for him on the outside is his dad. And that's the thing. It's like, who is Mark Chopper Reed? Yeah. You've got the legend, you've got the facade, but who's the real guy? Yeah, and you've also got the fact that like his dad is if his dad was still alive when he got released for the five years i that that relationship didn't read as being that they were particularly close um uh, and you know his dad was doing this stuff where you know he's caught, you know kind of like um you know stuff like the cheers big ears which is the sort of thing that you do get from from dads you know they'll make jokes and things like that that was a very dad joke it was but at no point did where'd you get your shirt from does it come in men's sizes yeah. as well? Chop, Chop, Chopper doesn't look comfortable in that scene. No, he doesn't. Um, and I thought that was really interesting that that he probably is alone. Mm. He's, you know, 10 years out of the film, very, very definitely after he's beaten her in her house and headbutted her mum. Which I think was a very important scene. It's yeah. to illustrate the fact that this isn't some lovable larrikin. Yeah, this he's is a nice. man who's he's a paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and then he turns around and says, oh, look what you've done now, look what you've done now. And I'm like, yeah. well, there's a classic abuse tactic right there. That's very yeah. much... Or alternately, his yeah. other way out is to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, that excuses it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He says, I'm sorry a Are lot. Are you still talking like... about that? That was 10 years ago I shot you in the knee. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. Yeah, and I he think... He has a very different grasp on reality to the people around him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it is, again, it, it's it's so tricky to separate actual real world chopper that was running yeah. around from this caricature that we all know because the caricature is fun because we yeah. don't believe it's real it's like can you believe there was someone actually like this oh that what that must have been brilliant you know he's pretending to pull his dick out in the in the in the uh, pub and showing it to a lady and all that kind of stuff when she's there with her bloke and you know the police officer's going oh put that away and he's admitting to murders and the police aren't believing him and he's got all these great one-liners and all this kind of stuff but the reality that then confuses the reality of the actual mark chopper reed who was a violent dangerous criminal Mm. yeah and not someone that should be revered for those actions I mean, look, it's 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 like Murray said before as well. We have a, Australians have an obsession with 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 criminals. Mm. I mean, it's the same thing with with Ned Kelly, and I mean, he's he's even more mythologized because it was further back. But it's the same basic sort of thing. Mm. Um, and it's interesting to look at both sides of that story and go, all right, so what is the actual truth about this person, and are we ever actually really going to know? It was that long ago, mm. and the sources that we're working from are not necessarily super great and in this we're working off what we know about him from the media and what we know about him from his book it's interesting i suppose to compare or maybe it's dangerous to compare but i think it's interesting to compare chopper reed and the image that he built up for himself with what we have today where we have this narrative of um is everything as it appears to be, mm. you know, I, I guess yes, I am referring to Trump here, mm. where 
you've got you know this incredible um, lobbying of, of, of people saying this is who this person is mm. and an equally strong lobby saying no this is who this person is mm. and trying to delineate what the truth is um, from that information and you know Chopper Reed's probably a really good example of that in terms of he, he built up his own um, legend, mm. as it were. Yeah. And what a you can legacy. buy into that and say, oh, yeah, no, misunderstood criminal. Or, you know, yeah, maybe he was a slightly nasty man. No, you know, it's probably more real to believe that the uh, reality was this was a very dangerous individual. Mm. Absolutely. And I think that's something that the film does quite well in that it does present that side of, of the caricature of Chopper that people want to interact with, you know, mm. where it's, it is that kind of... Well, it's engaging. Yeah. That, it's that, entertaining. That, yeah. And to watch it is like, oh, what's he got to do next, you know? But they also, I think, do a really good job of showing and he was a horrible person. Yeah. Mm. And even though, and I think that's why it's so important that the film ends on a shot of him By alone, himself, yeah. and when he's not being Chopper for anybody else, and he's kind of nothing. He's mm. a, you know, he's a, you Just know, a sad dude in a prison cell. Yeah, and at that point, you know, um, you know, he's he's a bit more heavy set. Obviously, at that time, you know, he's older. He's not he's not the fit young man he was in 1978 when we first see him in prison. Um, he's stuck in a prison cell. Um, he's got no one to go back to and I think that's it's important that they showcased that um, because otherwise my feeling is I suppose that it would be almost dangerously fantastical Mm. their portrayal so I have this I have this image I have this um, swagger I have this way of carrying myself but Mm. what has it achieved for me yeah. yeah, rather than that kind of glorification, which you sometimes get in films about these figures who have been mythologized, and you're sitting there watching them, and it's like all this, you know, the big uplifting music, and it's like these poor bastards, you know, they had a tough lot, and that kind of thing. Because that's kind of how I feel about the the Ned Kelly movie that they did with um, what's his face um, with Heath Ledger. Mm. Um, that was leaning quite heavily into the oh, you know, this poor guy, this poor guy, this poor guy. He was kind of pushed into this situation, da da da. And I've looked at, I've I've studied his stuff in history mm. um god probably in high school and at university as well and looked at kind of both sides of the story mm. and then you watch a film like that and you're like well you know it kind of skews slightly more one way than the other and i think you're exactly right this one kind of does a pretty it has a pretty good balance mm. and it's yeah and you know you find yourself in this film laughing along with him when he's talking about chopping off toes and how they just sort of pop off mm. and yeah, you, you think, God, you, that's awful. You catch yourself and go, that's quite macabre. I'm laughing at that, but that's actually quite macabre. It's very black. But, it, but it's very much that thing that you were saying, that this is a film which is dealing with dangerous criminals that's quite lackadaisical. Yeah. You know, it stabs Keith ten times in the head, and he's like, oh, do you want Siggy? Like, yeah, that kind of thing. Or like, yeah, when he gets when he gets stabbed by Jimmy, and, you know, he's going, what was it? It's a bit early for karate, isn't it? And mm. he's already been stabbed twice. He gets stabbed another six times. Um, and 
Oh, that non- makeup effect was so good. He's nonchalant the whole time. Man. The special effects I was really surprised by. They were really good. Yeah, they, they, when he takes the off his shirt. And the prosthetics, like after you got his ears chopped yeah, and like all of that. They're the standout bits. When oh, you've got man. when you've got his, his shirt off and you can see all the stab wounds and the blood's coming out and, you know, Louis vomiting <laughs> um, was, was pretty great. And then, yeah, the ear removal scene. scene. Amazing. pretty wince-inducing, I have to say. I was yeah, like, it was horrifying. Yeah, it was... And then for the rest of the film, when he's got his cut Don't off ears... Don't soar at it, just rip it off. Like, yeah, oh, but the effect Jesus. even just with his cut off ears for the rest of the film yeah. looked good. It didn't look... Uh, I mean, that said, I, I've not regularly encountered people who've cut their ears off. Yeah. But for my viewing, it didn't Eric look Eric Banner's got pretty terrible. big ears in real life, so mm. that's some that's some pretty clever prosthetic stuff or did they just have like little green screen bits on his ears spoiler spoiler (laughs) here for you they actually removed his ears yeah yeah he was method acting oh jesus yeah so is that in the trivia troll we'll get to that later huh uh yes now as far as we know eric banner still has his original ears um (laughs) i found the interactions with the police quite interesting and this was something Mm. i didn't necessarily know about chopper because i'm not massively familiar with him in terms of the real guy but his um his going around sort of Melbourne's various low lives and saying, oh, I'm working with the cops and like encouraging that image of himself as being two faced or as a double agent, I found really fascinating. And all those interviews with authority figures throughout. No, just, we don't condone this. We don't. Yeah, condone this. <laughs> I, I just thought it was re- was really interesting. And the fact that it culminates in him confessing to the murder, even though he lies about how the murder took place they don't believe him it's so uh, it's funny and then yeah he's he's incredulous and i've never been so insulted (laughs) yeah it's i murdered this guy and you're telling me that i didn't like i can't believe this yeah it's just it's just (laughs) remarkable what's a guy gonna do to get arrested around here you know (laughs) i used to be chopper reed now i can't even get arrested but again oh it's really a case of going did he want to be arrested like or was him was this him being very clever or was this or was this him just playing into that idea of the 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 old larrikin chopper well, reed confessed to a murder and it that wasn't believed stage would have been safe of him to be arrested mm. and therefore not um out in the public out eye in and... the public uh, with the ability of being knocked off because mm-hmm. i think there was actually Credible evidence there was a contract on him. So, yeah, I think the best it, way to get out of that is um, uh, I'm in prison. I'm away. Yeah, it's harder for them to to get mm. it, even though he's in one very fixed location. I I just think it's one of those things that feeds into the the mythos of him though, mm. of being this larrikin who you know was oh he was so good at lying the cops wouldn't even believe him when he when he confessed to murder. Mm. You know, it's that kind of thing. Which again, it's it it, it is a tale which plays with truth. And it does it in a really interesting way. And then he goes back and the things on the news from the bod that he's killed and his dad's like, oh, this happened. I thought it was you. It's like, well, if it was me, I wouldn't be standing here. And he's like, oh, you didn't do this, did you? He's like, no, nah, like, who do you think I am? And he's like, oh, yeah, right through the skull. That's my boy. And I'm going, oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, it's ultimately it's it's a really fascinating film. It's quite sad in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, like, well, it kind of makes you. Well, it the interesting you thing, of course, is that he, he was a ri- he was alive when when this was released. Mm. Yeah. Um, when did he die? And I, I actually think that this, I seem to have 
memories from the time that he was actually quite chuffed by the film. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, he, I, would, I would reckon this bloke had a bit of an ego. He was involved in in the in the film's production. I mean, this was based on his books, um, but yeah. also to to segue nicely into our trivia section, uh-huh. uh, where we take trivia from the uh, wonderful website IMDb about the film and relay it to you here. Um, Eric Banner lived with Chopper for a weekend. He spent two Jesus. days with him. Uh, so, so he that, could get his mannerisms and yeah, stuff. Yeah, to play him in the film. Terrifying. So, yeah, that he spent 48 hours with him, basically. Oh, my God. Just observing him, picking up his behaviours, and then, I mean, yeah. there's there's method, but that's that's terrifying. Like, I'm just going to live with this mm. dangerous I think by that time, um, Chopper had become a... Um, sort of a, a, a media figure and he put his criminal history behind him. He retired. Yeah, he got a bit old, long in the tooth. Oh, boy. Mm. That's still terrifying. I mean, the other thing, though, is that Eric Banner was Chopper's suggestion for who should play him Amazing. in the film. Okay. Uh, Chopper suggested Eric Banner after seeing him in the sketch comedy series Full Frontal. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> He just went, that's that's the guy. That's the guy. I want him to play me in the movie about my life. Let's and, go. I mean, in fairness, he could have had a good life as a casting agent, old <laughs> Chopper, mm. because Eric yeah. Banner was sensational. He was really sensational. And, you know, Eric Banner has done a and he lot lo- of he good does, things. He does look quite a lot like him. Yeah, and Banner's done a lot of good things subsequently in his career. Yeah, he's a good actor. Well, I don't think I've seen him do anything this good. No, this was quite phenomenal. Hmm. Well, he, he doesn't have that many opportunities to... to really carry something. I mean, he, he's on screen virtually the entire time, isn't he? Or yeah. the entire time. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a remarkable, remarkable performance. Eric Banner did admit that uh, he ate uh, junk food for four weeks straight in order to put on the extra weight to play Chopper in the 80s. So that's not a prosthetic belly he's wearing. That's yeah, all, I was going to say... That- that- that's all Tubby Banner. That's <laughs> that's him putting on the weight. What a fun way to actually, um, you know, put that weight on. I yeah. seem to recall um, hearing about because you know there's always those big articles about like celebrity weight loss and going for various roles. Do, 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 do. I seem to recall reading about it somewhere. Mm. The fact that he had to do the transformation for this one. Yeah, I mean, because he's, he's pretty svelte at the beginning. He is, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, just at the end when he's on the bed, like, you know, he's got that extra weight, but he, you know, he looks like a big dude. He looks like someone who'd be handy in a fight. The other bit that I noticed was when he's doing the interview and he's got his sleeves roll up and his forearms just look gigantic. And I was like, friggin' Christ, man. Mm. Like, dude's tank. He is, he is. And then, like, he, I, I thought that heft was really noticeable when um, he's with Bucky at the end. You know, Bucky's this prisoner and he's got the same matching King Kong tattoo. And, like, you know, Bucky's just this, like, stick thing young He's guy. He's a little Twinkie McGee, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you put, um, <laughs> you put, put Chopper next to him and he looks like a big, like, he's going to snap him. And it's, it's yeah, yeah he does. it's it, massive. It is fascinating. The other uh, remaining bit of trivia, there's not a huge amount of trivia on IMDb oh, uh, about this film, uh, but it's a good one. Uh, Robert Rabia, who plays Nick in this film, uh, arrived at the Chopper audition early and was rehearsing with an acting friend outside only to be swooped on by a 15-man SWAT team 30 minutes later. (gasps) Apparently, in the scene he was testing for, he gets shot, and uh, they were performing it, and a lady driving by saw it and thought it was a real shooting. Oh, my God. Oh, no! So she called the police, um, and it took the director, Andrew Dominic, and the casting agent, Gregory Apps, to explain what was going on. A week later, 
uh, Rabia got the call and told him that he got the part and apparently said to the, to the director, so how much reality do you actually want? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he um, he accidentally got a SWAT team called on him. So mm. convincing was his acting. That's quite amazing. Mm. So, ultimately, this this is a... I, I just can't help but be fascinated by this film. and it, I, But I, I'm not sure if it's... I think it is more than just the portrayal of Chopper, though. I think there's a lot of really interesting techniques around this film. Not all of them executed well, but, yeah. you know, like with when they're doing the cocaine and the, the talking <laughs> speeds up. Yeah. It, it, it did make me go for a second, has the DVD broken? And then it was like, oh, no, it's meant to be like this. Mm. I, yeah. I think it but is... That, that's, that is actually something that's evident in... You watch... Um, earlier films like, uh, or actually films around the same time, actually. Mm. Human Traffic, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Same sort of technique. Mm. So uh, I wouldn't say this film pioneered those, Stephen, but Mm. yeah. Yeah, and and also I think just from an Australian film perspective, it's always fun to see Vince Colosimo uh, doing his thing. Oh, poor old Vince Colosimo, who struggles to make a buck. Mm. He, he, well, I mean, you wouldn't tell him this though. He, he's so successful. Look at me. Do I look like I'm in I'm in trouble? He's got all the chains on. I I, I thought he don't qu- put the cigarette on the grass. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed <laughs> Neville Bartos. I thought that he's was a great character. Yeah, he was just. I'm gonna count to twenty, and if, if <laughs> that's going to give you the count of twenty to get to the front door, <laughs> and then he just shoots him, you're like, oh Jesus. Yeah, but it was like again, Neville feels as though. This film could have easily no, been. It's in the past. It's could, in the past. could have easily been about Neville. It's in the past. It, we could have had the the Neville Bartos film with Vince Glossmer playing Bartos. him, and follow, following him around. <laughs> Probably not as an inter- interesting a story, I would imagine. But uh, no, true. Hmm. But yeah, like it was. There, there were some really interesting caricatures that were happening. Uh, and then, of course, we should probably touch on Mr. Reed himself. Now, I was not around for his uh, exploits, his, his prolific his prolific crime career. I only turned up to his. Uh, I knew bare bones of it, so yeah. But Murray, you are a little bit older. Ah, um, yes, but I'm a Kiwi. That's so true. Don't so... don't forget. I I probably knew very little about mm. uh, Chopper Reed until I came to Australia, and by then. Um, he had retired, but was was his um, uh, were his exploits reported? I suppose as as far afield as places like New Not Zealand. Not that I remember. No. Okay. I mean, we 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 had our own larrikins, to be perfectly honest, and um, makes sense. Yeah, and probably a, an intense hatred of all things Australian. Basically, when I was growing up. So nothing's changed um, then. So, yeah, we weren't really focused on it. Sorry to disappoint you there, Stephen. No. But, um, no, I mean, my earliest memories of Chopper Reed are um, probably people um, gently taking the piss, as it were, out of him. Mm. Well, um, just to fill people in outside of Australia who may not know, um, so in terms of the events post this film... Um, Chopper Reed did spend a few more years in prison. Um, he was eventually granted parole in early 1998 and uh, regained his freedom. Um, he was involved in a couple of other uh, investigations but was not detained again. And eventually he passed away in 2013 from uh, essentially liver cancer. Um, but he, he had a lot of health issues. Um, not surprised. He, he contracted hepatitis C in the final five years of his life um 
Oh, sorry, no, he he, he contracted it at some point during his prison life. Uh, but then in 2008, he revealed he probably only had about two to five years to live. Um, he required a liver transplant and reportedly turned it down, basically saying that he wasn't particularly interested in it. And he did eventually uh, pass away in October 2013 at the God, age of 58. Five years instead of two, so... Yeah. Mm. It's not bad innings. But yeah, so he's... I, I suppose it is interesting because he he does have a, a legacy hmm. in the same way that we've been discussing Ned Kelly. You could arguably say he's like Australia's modern. most famous criminal of the 20th century. He may not be the most prolific. He may not be the worst. Hmm. Um, hmm. Well, Carl Williams would be up there, I guess. Yeah. And, and, but that's only probably come to light and... In the last few years, with the, the also, popularity of the Underbelly series, yeah, like there's not a Carl Williams biopic as as yet that that has been as, I suppose, as successful as Chopper. And again, you know, there, mm. there aren't people stand ups pretending to be Carl Williams or no. things like that. What 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 happened with this person and the image they created with Chopper? I think was almost. He just became Singularly. larger than life, yeah. basically. It's a, it's a, it's a because he was a larger than life person. Yeah, so. and then like at the end when you've got all those pictures of people like recreating the shootings at, um, at, at Bojangles, at Bojangles, yeah. and like you know, like a, you know, a couple of oh, good-looking ladies sending you pictures of the bums and things like that. And I am aware that that is a culture that exists uh, with particularly prolific. Um, criminals, you know, the like you sit, there's always that fascination with serial killers from some people and mm. things like that. Mm. But it was fascinating seeing it being discussed in the way that the film approached it. Mm. Um, I, I just found that really engaging, where you've got Eric Manor as as Chopper, just reacting to what I don't know whether they were real or not, but it looked to me at least like that that could have been real th- photography that was sent to the actual Chopper. I don't know whether it was or true recreations or, yeah. of or this is the kind of stuff that got sent to me. Yeah, and I just found that thing. absolutely fascinating, and that they included that in the film. I think speaks to that message of um, Australians are weird, man. Well, not even just Australians. Weird. He, was get, he was like, you know, <laughs> people was, are weird. Once again, cult of personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cult of personality, but also that idea of this identity that got beyond Mark Reed, that got beyond him, and you know, we, when we think of chopper we don't think of mark reed these days you think about the we think of moustache yeah the the moustache the tattoos the the like arms crossed Mm. poster holding the two guns which you know obviously was a picture he took but i think more people think of eric banner doing it than mark reed and yeah i just think it's a really really fascinating um film and caricature um and i think it's time that we score the film yeah, I don't know how to score this one. Well, you've got to start us off, Ellen, because you were the person yeah. that hadn't seen the film. What would you give the film Chopper out of 10? I think the content of the film, to me, was more interesting than the actual thing itself, if that makes sense. So, mm. like, I really loved the performance. I loved... I, I enjoyed the way it was kind of put together. I don't know how to score this like how do i rank this in my brain against here's some thinking music (laughs) i mean we could just say numbers at you is this a 10 out of 10 film no is it a one out of 10 film no i think it's i think it's i think it's plumb in the middle i really do for me because there's certain elements of it that i was like oh this is really cool or i enjoyed this but i wasn't like oh my god this is amazing this is like the best thing i've ever seen Hmm. it feels like it's like 
bang right in the middle. Um, that would suggest it's a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I think it is a 5 out of 10, but I'm not sure if I can justify my choices for that apart from, yeah, I'm going to give it 5, you big sook. <laughs> <laughs> you big sooks, maybe, out yeah. of 10. 5 big sooks out of 10. 5 big sooks out of 10. All right, what about you, Murray? <laughs> well, I'm going to, um, I think for the first time in my uh, uh, cinema catch-up club history... Mm. Um, put in a point five. Ooh. Yeah, there we go. Is is it just point five? Or no, is no, that... it's not just point five. No, I'll, I'll add a number to that, Stephen, if I may. You may. Um, and I'm not sure this quite works in terms of the um, uh, the allegory that goes with it, but uh, I'll give it a six point five hard shiv stabs on the back of predominantly Eric Banner's performance. Mm. That's fair. I mean, if it was just marking Eric Banner for acting ability, I think this is a 10 out of 10. But it's Agreed, not. But we're, it's not. <laughs> we're judging an entire film. And I I, I actually would say I did really enjoy it. Um, maybe not in the traditional way that you enjoy a film, but I, I, I found it very engaging. Mm. Uh, I found the performances not just from Banner, but from the rest of the cast I thought were really interesting. Um, and... I think part of the reason that I liked it is that it just wasn't a typical crime story film. I think it looked at aspects of the life around criminals that we don't often see in these depictions. Um, I don't think all of it worked, but I I very much enjoyed a lot of this film. Um, so for me, I'm going to give it seven prosthetic penises out of ten. Oh. Um, because... <laughs> Was There's that... an image. There's an image, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Now, was that... seven of them? Was that meant to be him? Was was that? I I was slightly confused about whether or not that was him. Uh, I think it's it was, it was supposed to be a real dick, but it Stephen, didn't look like. But it one. did not. No, because probably the prosthetic people, mm. yeah, caught for time. There were budgetary problems. It kind of just looked uh, like they, a dildo. They just did not have yeah. the money but that the, Boogie the, Nights had. But then I was thinking, was. Chopper in the film walking around with a fake penis to pull that prank, like because that that seems <laughs> like something. No, you're would pushing do. it that little bit too far, Stephen. I believe it was probably meant to be his real dick. But it could be him playing with truth. It's like it's it's a whole analogy for Chopper. Chopper's Chopper is an analogy for this. It's like Chopper's this Chopper. is the image of the penis I present, but the actual penis is nothing like this at all. It's this a, is it's a metaphor. The, the glitzy facade. I think it's not a glitzy it facade. It looked like it looked like a very cheap dildo. It did. They could have at least got the arts department to like you know give it a bit more color. It looked like. It had mm. just come like straight off an assembly line. I mm. was like, that's a very disappointing fake penis. And now we are deviating, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> into a discussion of fake movie prop dicks. That is all the time that we have. Um, so, Murray and Ellen, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank You're you. You've been a bloody ripper, mate. Thank you very much as well, listeners, for uh, joining us on this episode. Uh, it's 2020. It's a brand new decade. But we're still on Facebook. Uh, that's remained the same. Uh, here in the future, you can uh, keep up with all of our various exploits, information, that sort of thing. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club in Facebook and give us a like. 
Uh, we're also available to be subscribed to uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of those services, wherever good podcasts are available. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. And of course, we have a Patreon. You can uh, you know, join the club for as little as a dollar a month and get some extra bonus goodies here and there. But that's all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. You suck. Bye. <laughs>